Good morning. My name is Jim Barcliffe, pastor here at Lighthouse Fellowship in Lake City, Texas. We're glad you've chosen to join us and take this time to, together to hear from the Word of God. We have an awesome congregation here, and I know a congregation that is uh, viewing this live stream or eventually will view it YouTube, whatever way you do it, or Facebook. Uh, we want to thank you for uh, joining in with us. We are praying. I prayed with someone this past week that that sent it some uh, needs in by Facebook, and I got their name. We pray for them. We'll continue to pray for you and uh, all of your particular needs. So we hope that day that things are going well with you, but we were just talking about the scripture in Peter that says to cast all of our cares on him because he cares for us, and that's what we do. We take and say, Lord, you take this burden. I can't handle it, and when you say that I can't handle it, God said, good, because I can't. And sometimes I think that God waits for us to come to him, for us to say, I give up. I give up, Lord. That's when God just kicks in and he says, okay, I'll take care of it. Because before then, what we do is we try to solve things on our own. We try to obviously get and meddle in things, and then we mess it all up. We know that, don't we? But when we give it to the Lord, we leave it there at his feet. And we know that God does something. I pray you do that today. I also pray that if you're looking for Obviously, refreshment because you feel that things are dull, that things are lifeless and things are really tough. And it's like, Lord, I need a fresh word from you. I need I need the fresh breeze of your spirit across my heartstrings. I pray today that God's spirit would touch you and revive you and awaken your heart again, because life is difficult. And we know today that God has called us to thrive and not just survive. And sometimes I feel like I'm just treading water, don't you? But I, God is, he calls me out. And every now and then he comes and, and he just lifts me up. And I pray that will happen to you today. So we've got an important message today. This is Pentecost Sunday. And I pray today by God's spirit that God would move in your life, that he would touch you and that he would speak to your heart, change our hearts. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for the privilege of coming together in the holy and most precious, majestic name of Jesus. Lord, there's no other name in by, under heaven by which men shall be saved except by the name of Jesus Christ. And the Bible says if we confess that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, the Bible says you shall be saved. And I pray today, if there be anyone watching this today that has never received Jesus into their hearts or anyone here in this congregation has never really just said, Lord, come into my heart and life, be my Savior and Lord, I pray today would be the day that you do that. But also pray, Father, if people are coming and saying, oh, I just, I need strength, oh God. I feel weary. I feel this past week and even past, and in, in the past weeks that I just feel like that I'm struggling. I pray today there would be a breakthrough. There would be answered prayer that you would see and that God would break through for you and God would touch you and that he would show you he has not abandoned us he has not left us. You're right here with us and you will be with us and you will be our ever-present help in our time of need. So today, Father, we ask that you would do that today at every heart watching and everybody, every heart here in this congregation today. We love you. Speak to us now, Lord, and uh, revive us, awaken us. And dear Lord, set our hearts on fire. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Pentecost. Penta. Fifty. 50 days after the resurrection, Jesus, obviously. And as we look at the scriptures as what happened, we're going to say something just really simple today as far as I think the theme of this message. 
And that is exactly what God is calling us to today. And let's look at it in Acts chapter 2. And we'll look at verses 1 through 8. Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 8. I know we're familiar with this, but let's look at it again. God can always speak. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. And suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now there were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. And when they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard them speaking in his own language. Utterly amazed, they asked, are not these men, uh, these men who are speaking Galileans? And then how is it that each of us hears them in his own native language? What we look at today is something so powerful that I obviously when the church started so importantly, and that was the Holy Spirit of God being poured out. God knew, obviously, we need his power in our lives. If you remember there in the Gospels, Jesus said, it's expedient that I go back to the Father. He said, I need to go back to the Father because then the Father can send the Holy Spirit who will be in you and who will be with you. So Jesus had a sense of urgency at that time. He needed to fulfill his Father's plan, certainly, and he did. But in the time that he was speaking, he said, I want you to know something so important. And he was talking to this motley crew of disciples, this uh, ragtag team of disciples that followed Jesus, right? And he was saying something important. I want you to know this. I've got to go to be with the Father because when that happens, according to the perfect Father's plan, is that then he can send the Spirit who will be in you and who will be with you because we need the Holy Spirit. And we see today, this is Pentecost Sunday. Obviously, we celebrate as the day the Holy Spirit came uh, as Jesus' representative on earth until his return. The Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. All three. All three and, and what they do. They are as one. They are. And trying to explain that, I, I couldn't. I don't have time to do that. But they are all one. But they are separate, certainly. The Father the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And you remember Jesus said, I only do what pleases the Father. Remember when he said that? Remember he says, I only do what I see the Father doing. He only did under the Father's instructions. And that should be our particular motivation also to do that. But Jesus has sent the Comforter, our guide, our director, someone who will be with us and will help us no matter what we're going through in life. And we have the power of God residing in us. If you've accepted Christ in your life, then you have the power of God. You have the Holy Spirit of God within us. Because we need the Holy Spirit to be able to live the Christian life. We cannot live the Christian life without the Holy Spirit. And God knew that. The battle is too strong. Satan is very, very strong. And certainly I don't give him more importance than what he is. But he's very real. And the battle is real too also. But we also, we have God Almighty living within us, the third person of the Trinity. When you were saved, actually the Holy Spirit of God came and he took up residence in your spirit man. 
your innermost being. Many people would say it's here in this particular area. They're the centermost part of our being. He came to live within us. The issue many times is that we're going out and we're just living life on our own in the flesh, it might be said. We're living like we lived before we received Jesus Christ into our life and now have the power of God residing within us. And we forget about who we have living on the inside of us. But we need to be reminded of that. And so today, I want to remind you of that. And I want to talk about some things I think are so important. And as we look at the scripture, obviously what scripture says can happen in the life of believers who really are under the control of God's Holy Spirit. You know, when we sin and we fall and stumble, and yes, the Bible says that we do. First John, the first chapter said we will. We'll stumble and fall, definitely. But we have an advocate that we run to when we do stumble and fall. We get back up again and go on and we move on. And, and, and so it's very important understanding. So when we do that, then what we have done is we have rejected the guidance or the direction or the influence of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We basically, self is very strong. Selfishness, obviously, is what, when you, you put it all together, selfishness. Self is there, and it's sin. And we fall into that at times. Self is very, very strong, and probably in the next few weeks, I want to talk about that. It's something that I deal with and my own life, and so forth, and it basically means you've got to deny self and take up your cross every day and follow him. You've got to crucify the flesh every day because the old nature never gets any better. It's always there, and it rears its ugly head every now and then, probably when you least expect it, and you go, wow, where'd that come from? And yet we know that's very true. That's life. Until we get to heaven, the flesh doesn't get any better. It's still there. Yes, we have power over that when we crucify the flesh and obviously deny ourselves, take up our cross and follow him. But many times we forget about who we are in Christ and who he is in us. And we need the spirit. We have the power of God to be able to do these things that I'm talking about today, what the scripture says. And God never calls us to do anything even to live the Christian life in our own power. He gives us the ability through his spirit. This is what happened at Pentecost. Jesus had been with the motley crew of disciples for those years, three and a half years, and he had taught them. But you see, the, the disciples probably were still scratching their heads like, what's he talking about? You know, in John chapter 14, he says this. He said, do not let your hearts be troubled to trust in God and trust also in me. In my father's house are are many mansions, many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you so. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, then I'll come back and receive you and myself that you may be where I am also. You know, I'm sure the disciples, where is he going? I mean, this man of love, this man of compassion, this the healing power that he touched people that had never been delivered. I mean, he obviously opened the eyes of the blind. He made the lame to walk and all this. And they were looking like this man loves like nothing I've ever sensed. See, the love of God so poured through Jesus's life. These people were like probably I would think of it in my vernacular addicted to his love. OK. You love be addicted to Jesus's love. I mean, got to be addicted to something, be addicted to the love of Jesus. OK. And then they, he's going, well, I've got to go. And they're like, whoa, wait a minute. Wait a minute. But Jesus is saying, don't let your hearts be troubled about what I'm saying. I'm talking spiritually here. You've got your eyes on the natural. And so often in all of our lives, we've got our eyes on the here and now instead of looking to the things that God has placed before us in the spirit realm. Amen. 
But remember that, even after he had said that, Thomas says, uh, where are you going, Lord? I don't know where you're going. I have no idea what you're going, remember? And remember, Jesus is still scratching his head like, hey, you know, uh, these guys are not getting it. And Thomas said, and Jesus said to him, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man comes to the Father except through me. And then Thomas obviously, well, I'm not going to believe, remember, until I put my hands in, obviously, the holes where the, the spikes were when you hung on the cross. And Jesus let him do it. So Jesus has a way of continuing to affirm us, to show us that he is a Messiah. He's real. And I know all of us today can say, yes, Jesus is alive in my life today. Amen. We could all say that. And so Jesus sent his Holy Spirit to witness our spirit to say that, yes, we are children of God. Okay. Without that witness of the spirit in our lives, obviously, we know that we could just go through the religious motions. God wants us to know that we know that we are children of of the living God. He sent his spirit at this time for that very thing to happen here. How many of you here believe this with all your heart? The Christian life is not meant to be dull and lifeless. You know that? It's not meant to be dull and lifeless. So I want to tell you the good news is, is that today, if your life and, and your walk with Jesus is dull and lifeless, God's got the solution. And that is what we're going to share today. And we're going to pray for here, even throughout and at the end of the service. So why does it happen in our lives to so many Christians today? What will you say? Why does this happen to me? What is it? What, what's wrong? Is there something wrong with me and so forth? You know, the Bible again says, all you are burdened and heavy laden, come to me and I'll give you rest. He says, everybody. He says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. He says, come to me. I want you to open your hearts. And so we come to him today, don't we? And we open our hearts to him. And let me tell you, I don't know about you, but God has never failed me. He hasn't done always what I want him to do. And there have been times of discipline. There have been times of correction and so forth. But God always meets me. God always does something. Because I hindsight is twenty twenty, And I can look and we can, I can say, hey, God, you were there all the time, right? At the time when the storm is raging, it's hard to see him. But as you look back and say, wow, you were there all the time. And he was and he is today. These motley crew of disciples, they had been with Jesus for 40 days. Before Pentecost, obviously, they had been walking with Jesus. And again, they didn't quite get the program. They didn't know what was going on necessarily. And they were still questioning Jesus about the end times and what was going to happen. What did Jesus say? I'll leave the end times to the father. What I'm going to talk to you today about, he says, is something that I need you to do right now. And that will be witnesses in all Judea and Samaria and to the uttermost end of the world. I need you to listen to what right now, let the Father worry about, so to speak, in that vernacular, about the end times. But I want to tell you what we've got to do at this particular time. And he's still saying that to you and me today. He said, don't worry about this and don't worry about that. But what he's saying is, let's get our priorities right to do what he's called us to do in the here and now. It's very important that we understand that. And so God is saying today, he's looking for, obviously, one individual who will come and give their hearts to Jesus fully, that God could pour his spirit out, that then will be like fire jumping from one uh, blaze to the other, continuing until it becomes an all-consuming fire that's taking place in our church, in your life, in your family, and throughout this nation called the United States of America. That's what he's looking for, you see. 
there was one man that told a particular preacher way back in the 1800s, he said, if I could just find one man who was totally sold out, I'm talking about a woman too, I use man, but a woman or man that's totally sold out to Jesus, totally consecrated to him, giving their lives up, that no matter what happened in their life, whether or not their lives were taken or whether or not they lost everything, if I could find one man to pour my spirit out on, he said that he would obviously, he would do something so miraculous in that man's life and that, that people around him would be influenced so powerfully that the world would be turned upside down. I could use that. You believe that today? You see, that's the way revival takes place. That's the way a, a Holy Spirit revival takes place today. One man, it begins with you and me. It begins with me, this old preacher, this person full of all types of stuff. And God's saying, I want to burn it off. I want to get rid of it today. And obviously, I believe he can use us. And then that fire can jump from one to the other. It can jump across the pews. It can jump across there, there where you're watching in your home, the place of, of living space today, in your families and beyond. That's the way the Holy Spirit does. Just looking for one person. That's all. One person at all. He says, but you'll receive power. Power. And it, the word is dudamos. It means dynamite. Y'all seen buildings being blown up before and how they can do it right beside another building and that building not be affected. It is something they put the dynamite in the right places and it just collapses. That dynamite, dunamis, is power as spoken of here in the Greek and what it's saying. We need power, power, wonder-working power, the precious blood of the Lamb. We need the power of God here. Pentecost was a Jewish holiday. It's one of the big three festivals in which the Jews were required to come to Jerusalem to offer some of the harvest to the Lord. And during the particular festival, the Spirit makes a dramatic, obviously, entrance that would change not only those who were there to experience it, but it also would turn the world upside down. Those 120 that were in the upper room, that was all it was. And they came out, and they were praising God. And there in that city to the people that they spoke to, were all types of dialects, all types of languages, from all types of regions and so forth. And they came out, and God knew it perfectly, it'd be gracious, that exactly that they would be speaking in that person's language. They would be speaking to where that person could hear the gospel in their own language. Isn't that good news? Isn't that great? You know, it's so good to know All right, we have a God who does that, and He does that so perfectly in our lives. But he's looking to you and to me. He's looking to you to see you and I to see how we'll respond and what we will do in regards to that, because we have the power to witness for Jesus Christ. There are two things here. First of all, is the first mention of the New Testament regarding the gift of tongues, a gift of languages. Let me tell you, there are different theological stances on this, but this is my theological stance. I follow the people who interpret the Greek from the language there, the original language, the Greek. And uh, I, I sort of I had to come to a conclusion because there are different references to, obviously, the infilling of the Spirit of God in the book of Acts and also the baptism of the Holy Spirit. What I believe happened here, obviously, were those people were given a baptism in the Holy Spirit and they came out and they spoke in that spiritual tongue, that, that tongue. And, and that tongue, obviously, when, when God, when that language came forth, God turned it to such a way to where that individual from that particular country and dialect could understand what they were saying. 
Okay? I won't go into the depth of all of this, but that's basically the foundational truth that I believe the word says. So they were speaking in other tongues. Okay. And you know, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and 1 Corinthians 14, it talks about that and it talks about what that ex- actually is today. Because tongues are, are controversial, has been, because it's been many people have used it in a way of, of pride and sort of as a spiritual merit badge and so forth and all that. But it is a viable gift today. It is real today. Everything in the Bible, I believe, it doesn't make any difference if God, if somehow man has uh, turned it, has has done it wrong and so forth. I don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. I say it is a gift today. And so they spoke in other tongues and they spoke and God turned that particular tongue to where that person could hear in their own language. Isn't that good news? And they were able to hear. God does that. Now, what does that mean for me? Certainly. We like the gifts of the Spirit. But what does it mean when you're witnessing to somebody? I'll share with you because realistically, a lot of times we're reluctant to share with other people. Because what do you you usually say? Well, the preacher should do that. Well, the preacher, he's got a theological uh, degree and all this other stuff with that. and, and, And leave it up to the preacher. Most churches have left it up to the preachers to do that. And actually, it's called, everyone is called to witness because everyone has the Holy Spirit of God. When you've accepted Christ, you have the Holy Spirit of God in your life. So what does it mean? It means, obviously, when you go up to somebody, let me give you an example, and you begin talking to them, and maybe you feel like, hey, this friend of mine, they don't know Jesus, and so forth, and you really feel the Holy Spirit uh, prompting your heart to share with them about Jesus. Then I want to encourage you. Then share with Jesus then begin to open your mouth and speak. Because God can take your mumblings and your fumblings and all those things and He can turn it around to where that person hears the gospel, what's personal to them. How many times have I shared with people and I've gone away and I said, Lord, my goodness, what did I say? Did I say anything that made any sense at all? And later on, the person would come and say something. Sometimes God would affirm it and they'd come to me and say, do you remember what you said when you said this and that? And I have no idea what I said. Okay. And they go, that meant so much to me. That spoke to me about that. And I'm scratching my head and I don't want to act totally with my mouth wide open and so forth. But it's like it did. Okay. But I'm no different from anyone here. I just have a calling here in pastoral ministry and so forth. But I want to tell you everybody, And so many times we think, well, I don't have my theology completely correct. If you know Jesus and you've been saved by his grace, then you know Jesus and you can share with them when the Holy Spirit prompts you. But he'll turn it around and he'll speak to that person in their dialect. You may say it that way, right? Don't worry about that. Many times uh, I would go before I say something to somebody and I'm praying in my under my breath and I'm saying, Holy Spirit, you got to speak to me. This person, he he's just a real wild one. Or, you know, he he just he's out there and he's this and that. Don't argue with them about it. But many times we just look and say, well, we shrug them off. There's so many people that need to know the good news. And we have the power to be able to share that with them each and every time God presents someone to us. And I need to be alert to that, and so do you. That's why the Spirit was poured out. So it's important for you and me here. Uh, is that often some people are afraid that they won't say the right thing or they'll say something that will offend them and so forth. I want to tell you today, don't worry about that. What's more important, to please man or to please God? Which one? 
We've got to come to a place to realize that what do we please? Who, where, where, why are we here? Are we here to please ourselves and please people around us? They'll look good and so forth, you see. No, we're here to please the Lord. When you're faithful and I'm faithful, when I do that, there's blessings involved. God touches us in a powerful way. They said here, they came out boldly pray, praising God. And the people said, well, they're drunk. They're drunk. They've got to be drunk in the spirit there. No, you know, they're saying, no, nah, it's too early in the morning. They haven't started drinking yet. OK, they're not drunk. They're drunk in the Holy Spirit. What's happening? They didn't realize it today. And sometimes, obviously, God touches us in such a way. We just get so in that just kind of encompassed in the Holy Spirit. We can feel him and we can say, thank you, Lord. And it's like our hearts are just obviously woozy, as it might be said, in the presence of the Lord. You know what will happen when God comes and manifests his presence here like that? I pray that will happen. I've always prayed that his glory would fall in here. Do you know what will happen when that takes place? I believe that obviously we may be all on our faces repenting and asking to come and renew us and revive us. And you see, that would be total Christianity. That would not be something that would be totally uh, out of order at all. It'd be something that God honored the Lord. That's what happened at this particular time. They came out and they spoke boldly. They were shouting loudly. They were praising God. They were going, wow, my burdens have been lifted. All these things are happening today. That's what we need. We need a move of God's spirit, don't we? We need to be renewed in our love and our relationship with Jesus Christ. If your life has become dull and lifeless, then we need to come back to the one that can revive us and and touch our hearts. The second lesson here is obviously is that if you want to be transformed into someone who can understand and apply the scripture, you need the spirit. You know, Peter, before he got filled with the Holy Spirit. He actually denied the Lord, remember, three times to the little teenage girl the last time. The little teenage girl came up to him. I saw you with those Galileans. I saw you there. You were there. And Peter cursed and went away. I don't know this man, right? He was scared to death. Well, what happened to Peter after he got filled with the Holy Spirit? Let me read to you here. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These men are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine o'clock in the morning. Now, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. Joel chapter two, verse 28. He says, in the last days, I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And they obviously have dreams and visions and prophesy. He said, on all flesh, that includes you, includes me. He includes the church today. All who are, are ready, available to him. All who, who want his presence in their lives. All who want his presence to come and sweep through this church and all of the body of Christ. He's always there willing. But the question is, what do we want? He waits on us. He's a gentleman in that way. He can come and do whatever he wants to do. Many times he waits on us. Peter quotes a prophecy from Joel here. You go, how can I do this? Give your testimony. You say, yeah, but I've kind of stumbled through this past week or two weeks. I'm just really struggling right now. And you're like, I don't want this person to see how I'm struggling and so forth. Let me tell you today, you've accepted Christ. and You come to him and confess your sins and it's under the blood of Jesus. But let me tell you, when you do that, don't let the devil stop you from proclaiming how good our God is. Amen. It's always the truth as we step out in faith and it's R-I-S-K, just like we heard earlier. 
R-I-S-K was how you spell faith. You step out. Sometimes you get right, sometimes wrong. But let me tell you, every time that I've gotten it wrong, when I've stepped out and felt like God said a certain thing, he's always given me grace to be able to go through it. It's never really embarrassing to me when that takes place. But you've got to step out. You've got to get out of the boat. And what God is doing in our day and time is remember when Peter obviously looked at Jesus walking on the water and he said, Lord, if that's you, then let me come to you. And Peter got out of the boat and began to walk on the water. You think this is some kind of fairy tale. It's not. It actually happened. And the waves were roaring. And what happened when Peter began to look around? He got his eyes off Jesus. He began to look around. He began to sink. But what did Jesus do? He didn't let him drown. He reached down and picked him back up again. And basically, I think what he was saying, and my understanding is, Peter, obviously, you've stumbled and fallen through that. You got your eyes off of me. But get back up and keep on fighting. You see, Paul said, I fought the good fight of faith because it is a fight every day, isn't it? It is a fight today. In that battle today, this is not just sort of like mamby-pamby, thank you, ma'am. This is a major war. And we've got to fight that good fight of faith every day. And we can fight that good fight of faith. And we can win with the power of God's Spirit. But we've got to know where our power comes from. Where our power source comes from. Where you plug into when you need, uh, obviously, awakening. You need some refreshment. You've got to know that here. You never grasp really what the Scripture is saying on your own abilities. You need the Holy Spirit of God. I need the Holy Spirit of God every day. Every day. I don't always obey Him. Sometimes I stumble here. The third lesson is Spirit working. At, if you want to be transformed and somebody has a vital part in the body of Christ, you obviously need the Spirit of the Lord here. Verses 42 and 40 through 47. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common, selling their possessions and goods they gave to anyone as he had need. Every day, they continued to meet together in temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together and were glad with sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all people. And, listen to this, and the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. I don't think it's any question at all here is that you sitting here today, our families, our society, our culture, our government, every aspect of society today needs the Lord. Amen? Every segment, we need the Lord. He's the only answer. It's not sort of like getting our, our economic situation figured out. Or maybe our military situation figure out. Nothing wrong with that. We need to do it. But our ultimate foundational answer is people need the Lord. And the only way that they will know about him. You may be the only vessel that they hear when you tell them about Jesus Christ. You may be the only one. I told you about situations in hospice. Because people are getting ready. In hospice, I know they're getting ready to go out into eternity. Because they are sick and ill and they're terminally ill. And many of them. And I'd go in and sometimes in, in cases I had many opportunities to share Jesus with many of them. Many, 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 about hundreds. But sometimes I would leave and I would go, did I fully share about Jesus Christ with this person? Did I fully communicate what I know the truth of God's word says? And I would go and I remember I'd leave houses sometimes at different times and, and I'd say, Lord, would you give me another chance, please, before that person goes out into eternity? And do you know every time God gave me another opportunity and I'd go in there and share Jesus with them if the Holy Spirit would lead me to do that? 
every time. I'm not saying to obviously do that because sometimes people go out. Maybe the last chance that you that they hear about Jesus there when you meet with them. But I'm just saying God is faithful. He wishes for people to be saved a lot more than what we want them to be saved. Amen. He has a heart for people today. They devoted they added to their number daily here. Obviously, God transformed the nucleus of people to get out. They were powerhouses for the Lord. And that's the same way with this church today. You know, many times we think, well, maybe if we had 200 people here, or 300 people here, 400, what, what, what would be the number? What would be the deciding factor to say, okay, well, I'll finally get out. No, he doesn't look at that. He looks at us individually in our hearts and say, what are you going to do for me? You've been saved. Now, what are you going to do? Go forth. And obviously, Matthew 28 is very applicable. Go forth and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things. And lo, I've commanded you. I'll be with you even to the end of the age. He looks to us individually. One person in here that is on fire with the Lord, as I mentioned, can start a fire. And set this place on fire to touch us to where this place over here on Third Street in Lake City, Texas, will be a fire, will be a blaze spiritually. And people going out here on 518 will look and say, what is going on in that place over there? Let's go look. Let's go see. You see, nothing is impossible with God. God can do that. But you and I have got to make a decision. And I believe it's very quick. I'm saying, I don't know how many more years I have. Neither none of us do. But I've certainly, as you get older, it can't be but so much longer, right? <laughs> but you've got to be faithful. You don't know when that time will come. And you don't know when your loved one pray like you've never prayed before. Realize today, when you humble yourself and you pray some type of prayer, you go, oh, I don't know whether or not did I word it right? Did I say it right? I didn't say it like this one or that one and so forth. Oh, our God, our Father loves us. With a love like we can't even understand today. When we cry out for our families. When we cry out for the revival of the church. When we cry out for our nation. Do you know our God hears us? And our God will respond. I believe that with all my heart. The Spirit transformed them here. They realized that the church wasn't necessarily a building. The church is you and me. When we leave here, we go forth as the church. Not just in these four walls. We are the church and we go forth today because the church is made up of believers, of those who obviously come together in the bond of love. We've got to build, obviously, go forth. When we leave this place, I pray God's Spirit will prompt each one of us, convict us, share the good news. Share it. As God leads you, He'll lead you. If you say, Lord, use me, let me tell you, watch out because He will. He wants to and He definitely will here. You ever leave here wondering if, the, if obviously uh, Sunday service is all there is? Is that it? You ever wondered if this is just it? This is, I just come in. Well, I'll see you next Sunday, Jim. See you next Sunday. Good. You know, good luck. Good luck. You know. Now, you see, God begins to work when we step out this door. I mean, he works in powerful ways. He speaks, he does these, and he's looking for people out there because you see the influence today out in the community when you go into Ace Hardware or you go into Walmart or you go into H-E-B, your influence is there. Put your spiritual antennas up and say, Lord, what are you doing in here? 
What are you doing? Who, who can I talk to about Jesus? Who can I pray for in this place, Lord? You ever gone in there and maybe God prompted you to pray for somebody in H-E-B? That's what he does. That's what he does, you see. But what is it? I'm going in there. I go, well, I've got to go in there and get some Lay's potato chips. <laughs> so that's my focus. And hope I don't forget that, okay? I have to write it down, by the way. But no remarks about that. But what are we here for? To do all that? That will come about. The Bible says in Matthew, to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, what? And all other things will be added unto you. If we have him as priority, other things are going to come. If we pray and we seek him first in the morning, other things will take place. When I forget that or I let that loose, let me tell you, my day is haywire. It's because I've left the spirit out of my schedule. And my duties, responsibilities. We've got to allow the Holy Spirit to fill us as he did his disciples at Pentecost. You'll be transformed. You'll be changed. No matter what happens to you. Because God will take you through that. See, he can transform you from being someone who is dependent on drugs or alcohol. To into somebody who's clean and sober and healthy in body, soul and spirit. It can transform you from being someone who's dependent on the opinions of others for your worth into somebody who knows who they are in Christ and who Christ is in you. He can transform you from being someone who is continually defeated by sin to being someone who is continually victorious and living in holiness. He can set you free from any sin that has a hold of you. Anyone. That's what he did. came for. He came for that. Those old strongholds down deep. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 10. They're strongholds. He builds up a stronghold in our mind. And we're going, well, how do I get rid of this? I can't take it. I, I want to live for Christ and I got to get rid of it. You see, God can set you free. God can deliver you. Because he's our deliverer. And when we come into a relationship with Jesus Christ, even though we come and so forth, we bring luggage. We're saved, but we bring that luggage from our past in there. And God is saying, I want to take care of that luggage. I don't want you to carry that luggage. I want you to be free. You've got to come to Jesus and allow him to do it. And by the God's power of his spirit, that will take place. You don't have the spirit without having Christ. Everybody's saying, well, I believe God this and God that. And God may be that tree out there. Kind of in that way. But you need the Lord Jesus Christ in your life here. You've been a believer for a while. Then what about refreshment? Don't you want to be refreshed? Don't you want to make your life exciting for Christ? It doesn't mean you'll be jumping up and down and all this when the trials come. But there'll be a joy down deep in your heart that you'll be able to be sustained through those trials. Through those temptations. And through those things today. God's spirit will make it happen. We're growing. You know, if Jesus isn't the main thing in your life, then something else is the main thing in your life. Is making money the main thing? Is just kind of surviving? Are you treading water this morning? Whatever it may be. If Jesus is not the main thing, then what is? But I want to challenge you. I want to encourage you today. Make Jesus the main thing in your life. 
no matter what you've done, no matter where you've been, no matter what you're carrying, no matter where you are in life today, make Jesus the main thing and watch what happens because by His Spirit's power, He can transform you and He can transform me. We need to obviously make Him the main thing. If He's way down here on your list and He's just a, a spiritual Santa Claus coming and, and asking Him, Lord, when I'm in trouble, coming to Him and saying, Lord, help me. He does help you. Don't get me wrong. But he wants to have that relationship every day with you to where he is priority. And other things take a way back seat, you see. You think somehow people will laugh at you. <clears throat> I know and you know at times people will reject you. I have no doubt. And you see what happens in the heart of man and woman, a person is rejection very strong. Well, what if they don't? Don't receive what I say. We're not responsible for saving people. We have never saved anybody. Jesus saves people. The Holy Spirit saves people. We're just to be obedient. And to ask him to use us for his glory. We share. We plant seeds. You're throwing seeds everywhere. You're putting seeds, obviously, in your world in one way or another. But the issue is, are you throwing seeds, the seeds of the gospel into people's lives in the spirit realm? That's the question today. Where do we stand here on Pentecost Sunday? I think it's important to be reminded of this. I think that it's important to understand that obviously uh, it's the opinion of Jesus is the only one that makes any difference, right? What's the opinion of man? People say, you're a Jesus freak. You must be really a Jesus freak. You must be some kind of, I mean, are you whacked out on your religion? Okay, if they say that about me, I'll go, yes, sir. I'm whacked out on Jesus. Amen. I just love Jesus. Okay, and whatever you say, you cannot hurt my feelings. Because I know I'm real comfortable in my skin. I'm real comfortable in knowing who I am, that I'm a child of God. I'm real comfortable in the fact that I have the victory in Jesus. He all leads us in for, for procession of victory, okay? I know who I am, that I'm more than a conqueror through Him who loved us. I know who I am. And nothing you can say will harm me. Not arrogantly, don't get me wrong. But we got to know who we are. Because what the devil do? He comes in there and he puts his finger right on that. You know what you did the other day? You know how what you said? And what you did, he puts his finger right there and he begins to twist and so forth. But what you do, you become consumed with that and say, oh, my gosh, I did. I did. Yeah, I did it. Well, the best thing to do is just come to the Lord and say, yeah, Lord, I did it. I confess it to you. And they get up and tell the truth about who Jesus is in your life because he forgives us. We haven't arrived. We're not perfect. And certainly we think some people say, well, you don't have your halo on today and so forth. But the truth of the matter is, we go if by the grace of God, it's all grace. And he forgives. And he keeps on using us. Have you ever wondered why God chose to use us? We are, he, he picked the, the 12 motley crew uh, of uh, disciples. One betrayed him, obviously. They were a ragtag team of people, of men. And what happened after they got filled with the Holy Spirit? Turned the world upside down. They began to plant churches all over. 
But you see, you and I stand here today with the truth. Because, see, God could have left us in our sins. He could have said to Jesus, he said, I'm not letting you go down there. Those people, are, they, they're not repentant. And they're, they obviously, they, they're going to kill you. You know, he could have said that. They're going to kill my son. They're going to put a crown of thorns on my son. He could have said, no, I'm not going to do that. But what did he do? He said, I sent forth for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That's what God did almighty. You see, that's what he did. And you're sitting here today saved. You can praise God. Why is it that we praise God? We praise him because not because we feel like it. Not because somehow our week went real good spiritually. We sometimes have weeks that go real good, sometimes bad and so forth. We don't praise him for that. We praise him for who he is. Amen. We praise him for who he is. And if he gives Jim Barcliffe nothing else in my life, I have Jesus in my life. I have salvation in my life. He doesn't owe me anything. He doesn't owe me anything. He didn't owe me salvation. But by grace through faith in Christ, I come and receive. And I get saved and born again. The Spirit of God comes. Now, as we kind of tone down here, everybody in here needs empowerment for service. Everybody. I do. You do. I believe that when we look at the scriptures about being filled with the Spirit, you can use whatever terms you want. Baptism in the Holy Spirit or filling, whatever. Theologically, there are good arguments on all sides. Fact of the matter is, we need a fresh and filling. Amen. Can everybody say amen to that? We need a fresh and filling. We need a fresh empowerment for service for what he's called us to do. And the only way we can do that, most of what happens in the kingdom of God, y'all, I've told you over the years, is by asking. And we ask him, amen? We ask him for that fresh and filling. And I pray for that every now and then. I pray that today. This is Pentecost Sunday. I just want to, not because obviously this is great, we, we're celebrating, but we're also realizing that sometimes our life gets dry. Sometimes we, things pile up. I want to, if you have sin on your heart this morning, just bring it to the Lord. Confess it to him. If you have something against somebody, bring it to him. If you have something you've done, maybe speaking or thinking or motives, you see, he knows our thoughts. He said, if you think about it in your mind and you lust after it, it's the same thing as doing it. Maybe your attitudes are not right. Maybe your motives are not right. You don't know what your motives are. Just bring them to God Almighty. He's there. And he wants to set you free. But we, as we do that and we just say, Lord, come and cleanse us. Forgive us. Come into our life afresh. Fill us. Baptize us. Baptismo is the word for baptism. It means you immerse. You know, you just, boy, you know, baptize in the name of the Father. Go and make disciples. Immersion in the water. Immersed in the Holy Spirit of God. So that your life will obviously count for God. He's real faithful when you ask him. Something will happen. And you may say, well, I don't have goosebumps right now. You may later on sometime. He doesn't have to, but believe that he's done it. Believe that when you ask him, that it's done by faith. 
And I believe it by faith today. Every person here who has an open heart that says, I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Everybody watching today, I want to be filled with the power of God in my life. I want the fire of God to fall in my life like never before. I want it to come and burn off all that junk in my life. All that stuff that we know is not like Jesus. Come and burn that off. Get rid of it. That we can come afresh. It's kind of like the Lord is a God of second chances, right? How many of you know that? Amen. But I'm telling you, God is is the God of more than second chances, third chances, fourth chances, right on down, right? How many of you know that? I do. He just says, keep on. Don't stop coming to him. I'll fill you. Because we're leaky vessels. We got leak. We're like a sieve. And we leak. And we need to come. And to seek him. And to be filled with him. Amen. 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 Thank you, Lord. Anybody like to. Come forward. To come up front. And let me pray for each one of us. Pray for us. Anybody like to come up? Come on up. Come on up. Anybody like to come up? That would like to come up and and get filled. Just to be filled again. Whatever the issue may be. Thank you. Thank you. All of you watching this too can just right where you're at there and where you're watching the kneel and bow. And as I pray each one of you today to receive a fresh baptism in the Holy Spirit, I pray that today for each one of you. Father, we humble ourselves and we recognize our need of you. We recognize our need of power in our lives to live the Christian life to live above sin, to flee from temptation. And we recognize, Lord, that only comes by the power of your spirit. Forgive us when we have not leaned upon your power, but we have leaned upon the arm of the flesh. That we've leaned upon those things that we know uh, just bring death and destruction. Forgive us, Lord. Have mercy upon us. And Lord, I ask you today, each person here in this congregation and these that are standing here, that you would fill them with the Holy Spirit of God. Come, Holy Spirit, and touch every person here. Let every person here know that their heart is cleansed in the blood of Jesus and that the power, the precious, fresh wind of the Holy Spirit would come and come and fill our hearts and our lives. I pray that today, every person, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you. Let the fire of God fall. Let the holy presence of the Lord come into this place. Move in this place. Let the glory of God fall and touch every heart, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for what you're doing here. Thank you for your presence. Lord, come. Remove any obstacles in our lives that would short-circuit the power of God in our lives, Lord. That be sin or neglect or whatever it may be, Lord. We just come because we need you. And we need you desperately. Come, Lord. Fill this church with your power. Touch us, Holy Spirit. You are welcome here. You are welcome to touch every heart, Lord. And to refresh us. 
to awaken our hearts anew in a fresh and, and vibrant relationship with Jesus, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. I just want to mention, don't allow unbelief. You fight. We fight against that unbelief and believing that as you stand here today and these watching in, in the congregation, the devil will tell you nothing happened. He'll say, he'll whisper in your ear, nothing happened. What are you, this, you look foolish. No, you don't. God is here. And that he'll tell you, nothing at all happened. Come on, get over it. That's a lie. And we reject it right now in Jesus' name. And Father, today, seal upon your heart what you have done in this place this day. I pray, Father, this would be a new beginning for all here in this congregation, but also in this church. We consecrate our lives afresh to you, Lord, this day. And we know we'll never be the same, ever, ever be the same again. We pray with thanksgiving. In Jesus' holy name, amen, amen. Thank you, amen, thank you. We thank you for watching today. We thank you for, for tuning in, spending that time with us. I pray God's blessing upon you, his strength and his power that he would truly touch you in a way you'd never be the same. He's the only one who can do it. We can't conjure it up. It's got to be a work of the Spirit. I pray that you would just lay your life down for the Lord, ask him to come in your life, and to save you, to forgive you, that you believe he is the Son of God and he died for your sins. And if you've been the only sinner in this whole wide world, he still would have went to Calvary. We thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for watching. Amen.